I, uh, I remember when I was a kid feeling like my mom knew and saw everything. Anybody else? Right? <laughs> mom knew and saw everything. If I did something, good or bad, she knew it. If I was sneaking cookies before dinner, she knew it. <laughs> if I hid my vegetables in the potato skin that I'd already emptied out, she knew it. Don't take notes. <laughs> but you know, it also seemed that she knew what was going on with me without me having to say anything. She knew me so well, how to take care of me, what I needed. Now as a parent, I have those you know, like random moments where I'm like, oh, that's how she did it. You know, we th- I thought I was so stealthy, but what I considered stealth was probably not very sneaky at all. Um, or like, you know, you just, you learn what each sound means. You learn, uh, you learn your kid's tendencies. And so, you know, what we saw as mom is all knowing was just, we're not very sneaky. <laughs> and they, they get to know us. You know, and the cool thing is God, God's the same way. He literally does see and know everything. It's not perception like it is with our parents. Psalm 139 really unpacks some of this for us. David really, really gets into how deep God knows us and sees and and. And is with us all the time. So we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 18. And then we're going to kind of unpack it a little bit. Talk through it. So Psalm 139 starting in verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. For you formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written 
every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Upon first glance, this passage is overwhelming. And you can tell at periods throughout, David's even a bit overwhelmed. Uh, And there's a common theme like that throughout a lot of his psalms where, you know, he starts out kind of frustrated or overwhelmed, trying to figure out what's going on. And by the end, he's like, oh, I get it. So hopefully, by the end, we'll be like, oh, I get it. But the, it's overwhelming. It, it, it kind of, you know, the way you, if you read it right, it kind of makes God look a little bit like a stalker. You know, if we were talking about a person, we'd be looking for a restraining order. But what God takes, what I felt about my mom, and many of you as well, to a whole other level. In this passage, we learn some huge things about God. One of those things is that God is omniscient. That would be all-knowing. He knows everything. (laughs) Everything. Knowledge of everything ever. He fully knows himself and all things, both actual and possible, in one simple and eternal act. That was actually the definition from my systematic theology book that I used in college. In college, I was like, I don't want to read. This is boring. Now I use it. (laughs) But by actual, in that definition, it means all things that exist, all things that happen. He knows all things. By possible, it means he knows all. All of the possibilities, anything that could happen or could have happened. So, like the way that I kind of wrap my head around that, uh, I recently rewatched the movie uh, Avengers Endgame. I don't know if you've seen that movie. If you haven't, I promise I'm not giving you any spoiler alerts or anything like that. It's also a couple years old, so that's on you. (laughs) But there's this one part where they're, they're on the verge of battle. And Doctor Strange, who's played by Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, is like meditating over on the side, like, and they're all like, "What are you doing?" Like, uh, I think um, Tony Stark calls him, "Hey, wizard, what are you doing over there?" or something like that. And uh, he was looking ahead at all of the possible outcomes of of this upcoming war. He looked at 14 million different possible outcomes for this war. Did all 14 million of those happen? No, only one of them actually happened, but he saw and knew all 14 million possible ways this could go. If this person changed this decision, if this person did this differently, it creates different possibilities. That's the way it is in our lives, too. If we handle a situation slightly differently, it changes the outcome. And God knows all of that. 
all of the possible outcomes all at the same time. It's incredible. And it's all in one simple act. When I say that, I mean, it's not like if, we, if he wanted to tell us how many grains of sand are on the seashore or stars are in the sky, he doesn't have to go and do a quick count. <laughs> Hold on, let me just uh, count that real quick. He knows the answer. And it's, and it's not like this thing, like sometimes where we're like, uh, hold on, I know this, um, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, I haven't thought about this in a while. No, he knows it. He knows it all immediately. And that's just such an incredible thing to think about. But David takes this theology of omniscience, such a big word, right? He takes it off the top shelf and he brings it down to this personal level. To David, God's omniscience is not just theological or philosophical. It's not just this cool concept that he knows about God. It's relational and personal. As we read through the passage, you notice there's a lot of personal pronouns. It is very personal to him. And God is very personal. He knows everything there is to know about you. David kind of shows us this as we look through the passage. Just some of the things that point out uh, God's omniscience. He said, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, you know it all together. He knows what you're going to say before you say it. You had every one of my days written in your book before I even lived one. Think for a minute. Who is the person you would consider to be your best friend? Your absolute best friend. And then think about why is that person your best friend? You spend time together. They know you. They know you. Sometimes it feels like they know you better than you know yourself. And because they know you, they can tell when you're hurting or when you're excited. And in turn, they can hurt and rejoice with you. Because they know you, they can help you see things that you may not be able to see for yourself or even see things in yourself that you don't see. But take those principles of friendship and apply them to God. He hurts with you. He rejoices with you. He can help you see things that you don't see around you and in yourself. Why? Because he knows you intimately. He knows you. He has searched you and known you. At the end of this chapter, we didn't read this far. David ends with a request. This is his, oh, I get it moment. Verses 23 and 24. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. 
Try me and know my thoughts and see if there are any grievous see if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. He opens up an invitation to God to search him even deeper and asks him to show if there's any grievous way in him. Just like David, there might be, you know, there might be things about yourself that you don't see. Or things Sometimes there's things that we did and we don't even realize it. We need somebody to show us those things. God wants to do that. I want to challenge you to pray with full surrender to the scrutiny of God in your life. Opening yourself up to an all-knowing God does not give him new information. Remember that part where we said he knows everything? It's not about you telling him things he doesn't already know. He knows. He knew he already knew David. He already knows you. But that kind of transparency with God welcomes him to cleanse you, fill you, and empower you for holy living. This passage doesn't just talk about his omniscience, though. It doesn't just talk about how he knows everything. It also shows us that he is omnipresent. That would be, he is present everywhere. There was a, there was a joke back when Hall of Fame safety Troy Palomalu was playing for the Steelers. Which wasn't that long ago. Uh, but... It was 75% of the earth is covered by water. The rest is covered by Troy Palomalu. I don't know if you ever watched that guy play in a game, but it literally felt like he was everywhere. He was either sacking the quarterback or like, if he didn't get to the quarterback in time, suddenly he magically appeared by the receiver. You know, like, that's just the way it felt. He was, it was literally everywhere on the field. Is, that's how it felt watching him play. God actually is everywhere. It doesn't just feel like he's everywhere. He is everywhere. God does not have size or spatial or time parameters. He is not limited by any of those things. He is present in every place, in every time, all the time. And some people could look at that and say like, well, he just divides himself up. You know, part of him's here, part of him's there. No, he is entirely present everywhere that he is. Which means that when he is with you, you have all of him. And when I say when he is with you, that makes it sound like there's times that he isn't with you. He's with you all the time. And the cool thing about that is he's not just with you. He's also with you and you and you all at the same time. And he's entirely present with each and every one of you. David really shows us this in Psalm 139. Some of the things that that point out his omnipresence. He says, you hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. 
He's all around us. He's behind. He's got our back. He's leading the way. Where shall I go from your spirit? <laughs> I wonder if he's actually like asking that question. Where is there somewhere I can go? <laughs> Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, your hand shall lead me and hold me. And he says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. Even in the womb, he was with you and he saw you. He's with every single one of us. An interesting thing as we look at those ways that David is seeing God as omnipresent, it almost seems like he's trying to find a way to get away from God. Like this all-knowing, ever-present God is kind of making him feel a little overwhelmed. And think about it, though, because like I know... There are definitely times when we maybe have done something and like we don't we don't want God to know about it. So we try to avoid him. If I don't if I don't go to him, then he doesn't know what happened. Kind of like we did with our parents, right? Like if I don't look him in the eye, if I stay in my room for a few hours, maybe it'll just pass over. They won't realize that I did something. And and we don't want to deal with the consequences of our actions. So sometimes we're, we really are trying to get away, away from God because maybe we're a little bit ashamed. But God knows you. He knows how to help you through what just happened. And he seeks after you. Think about Adam and Eve in the garden. They ate of the apple. And what'd they do? They hid. <laughs> you really hide from God. God's walking around the garden and he's saying, hey guys, where are you? He wasn't asking because he didn't know where they were. He was asking because he wanted to give them an opportunity to own what they did and come out. He wants that willingness to say, God, I'm, I'm open to your, your scrutiny. Search me and know me. Show me if there's any grievous way in me. Just like David was saying. But God is not just present when we're trying to get away from him. He's always there when we need comforted or when we need encouraged or we need strengthened. There is nowhere in the universe that God will not be present to lead you and hold you. Nowhere too dark for him to see you. And Because he is omnipresent, you and I are never alone. That doesn't have to be a negative thing, (laughs) that we never get to be alone. It's that we never have to be alone. Because God is with us everywhere. Jesus Christ promises to be with us always. In the Great Commission, it's a little cryptic. See if you can decipher it. Here's what Jesus said. And I will be with you always. (laughs) Even to the end of the age. He made it pretty plain and simple. I will be with you always. 
the Holy Spirit indwells everyone who is a follower of Christ. He is with us always. And God's omnipresence encourage our hearts and move us towards a deeper intimacy with him. Embracing, he knows us so well. and He's with us always. He knows you. He is with you. Lastly, God is omnipotent. I mean, he is far more things than these three things we're talking about today. Um, so much more than we could even imagine. But omnipotent means he's all-powerful. His power is infinite and is not limited in any way. He can do anything he wills to do. Anything that is consistent with the character of God. Ephesians 3.20, Paul says he's able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. All throughout scripture, he's described or called almighty, which suggests all power and authority. Gabriel, the angel, when he came to Mary, in Luke one thirty seven, he said, with God, nothing will be impossible. Jesus says in Matthew 19.26, with God, all things are possible. Some of what David shows us here in Psalm 139, even the darkness is not dark to you, the night is as bright as the day. For you formed my inward parts. I think we overlook the significance of that statement sometimes. If you think about how complex the human body is, he formed all of that in you. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Get that mental picture for a second. <laughs> like think about the, if you've ever seen somebody knit, think about the detail. Every little stitch. If they're called stitches, I don't, I don't knit. <laughs> um, but he just carefully knitted every part of you. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. He saw it before it was formed. That's crazy. <laughs> These are some pretty incredible things. God is really capable of anything. Isaiah 40 uh, has a whole bunch of, of things about the omnipotence of God. Basically, it's, you know, it talks about how he measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. He weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance. He measured the heaven with his hand. That's, that's, that's crazy. He declares the nations are as a drop in a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. He could sit in the circle of the earth and the people compared to him are the size of grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a curtain. God is so big. So big. There is no problem too big that he can't solve it. There's no mountain too tall that he can't move it. He could carry the world. And he wants to carry you. 
He is sufficient for you. You can take great comfort in the fact that nothing is too big for our God. He can help us with our fears, calm our storm with a simple peace be still. His desire is for us to trust in Him. and To turn our hearts to Him for guidance. We aim in His direction and take the next step. It opens up a whole new realm of things for us. When challenges come, or the work just seems to pile up a mile high, we need that big God. Just sit back in your chair and ask this question. Is he big enough for me? And he'll answer. God is capable of doing exceedingly above all the things that we can think of. And knowing that should embolden us to come to him with confidence. Affirming God's power, his omnipotence in prayer moves his hand in the lives of those we're praying for and in our lives. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Because we know he is able can approach him with confidence. Nothing's too big for him. But I think it's also important to remember that nothing is too small for him. You don't have to just rely on him when you've got big stuff going on. He knows you. He is with you. He cares about the small stuff that's going on too. Not just the big stuff. He is sufficient for you. He is more than enough. He goes farther than that. And he shares his power with us. Not his omnipotence. Omnipotence is what they would call, thanks to my theological book, incommunicable attributes. (laughs) What that would mean is it's (laughs) non-transferable. He won't make you all powerful, but he shares his power with you. This is what he says to his disciples in Matthew 17, 20. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. When we tap into his omnipotence, into his almighty power, rely on him anything is possible he knows you he is with you he is sufficient for you I found this short devotion online by a guy named Skip Heitzig just giving him credit I'm not sure who he is (laughs) but it ended with this when David says search me O God and know my heart It's a prayer. He's inviting God to know more, even though that's not possible. 
He's saying, God, I can't wrap my head around this. I'll blow a fuse trying to figure this out. So I just surrender to it. Search me, know me, lead me, direct me. And that's where we ought to leave off in dealing with God's omniscience and all his divine attributes. I like to put it this way. Since God's ability transcends my reality, it's best for me to bow at his immensity. Let me say that one more time. Since God's ability transcends my reality, it's best for me to bow at his immensity. God is always greater than our present knowledge of him. If God were small enough for our brains, he wouldn't be big enough for our needs. God indeed knows it all. By his very nature, without having to learn anything, he already knows everything, past, present, and future. Faced with that, what else can we do but bow to him in worship and adoration? But I want to challenge you guys not to let God stay this omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent God that you don't understand, and so you leave him up on the top shelf. You need to bring him down off of that top shelf and make it personal. He wants a personal relationship with you. To where you see that he knows you, that he is with you, that he is sufficient for you. You matter to God personally. And he wants to matter to you personally. You have to bring him down off that top shelf and into intimacy. Don't lose your big view of him, though. Because sometimes we have this tendency to make God real personal, and we forget how big he is and how much he can accomplish. Because he can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. But he's also personal. He wants intimacy with you. And he wants you to desire intimacy with him. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for giving us this big picture of who you are. Lord, we're not asking for you to help us to wrap our heads around the fact that you know everything, that you're everywhere, and that you can do anything. We're just asking for intimacy. Build that desire in us, Lord, that we could make this more personal with you because that's what you desire to have with us. Lord, hear this last song as we pray it to you. In your name we pray. Amen.